So there are uh, teachings and traditions, and I'm sure you've heard of these, that Moshiach was born on Tishabah. So what I want to do today is explore where do these teachings come from and what do they mean. So we're going to start way back when, in the times of the Ramban. The Ramban, Reb Moshe ben Nachman, one of the greatest Rishonim, in the year 1263, he was living in Spain. He was summoned by the king of Aragon, I believe his name was James, who called him and said that you are going to be engaging in a disputation about Judaism versus Christianity. These happened from time to time uh, during the Middle Ages. And each time it's another story exactly how it happened, why it happened, and what happened over there. And uh, the Ramban's event was a very unique event that happened that year in 1263. The Ramban wrote a report about this event, and this got him in trouble. What I mean by that is as follows. The Ramban wrote down what happened in Lashon HaKadosh, and this was transmi transmitted in manuscripts throughout the generations until it was finally printed a few hundred years later. And as I'll show you, Yidin used to use it. This was a good reference guide when you needed to have a debate with a Christian. It was a good uh, resource to have because there was a lot of helpful tips there. However, <clears throat> the Ramban did not have permission to publish this. He did have permission to engage in the disputation. And he also said from the outset that he needs to have freedom of speech, which, which he was granted at the time. So he was able to say what he needed to say. But he was never given permission to write down what was said and to publish it. And so, uh, I believe uh, one of the, the mendicant orders, maybe it was the Franciscans or the, Domin the Dominicans, I don't remember, but these are uh, very passionate young uh, Christian uh, uh, people dedicated to the, those ideals. They sued him. They basically brought it to the king's attention that he had published this without permission. And as a result, the Ramban was forced to leave uh, Aragon, Spain, and this is why he went to Eretz Yisrael. The reason this is important is because there's a record of the complaint from, the, from these monks to the king. There's a record. And in this record, it does not say that the Ramban lied. It does not say that he wrote something that didn't happen. All it says is that he did not have permission to publish it. Now you can be sure, had the Ramban written something that was not what was said, they would have jumped and pounced all over that. But they didn't. They didn't, which teaches us and tells us that the Ramban's account is exactly what happened, uh, is exactly what happened um, at, uh, at that time. And the reason that's important is because, as is often the case, we also have a Christian account. The Christian account is written in Latin, there's a lot of overlap, but there are differences as well. There's a lot you can do, uh, you can study this. Actually, last summer I went through the whole thing with the Chavrusa. It's very interesting to go through each, each one of these pieces. Today we're going to focus on one piece, one specific piece. So let's begin with the first text. <clears throat> where the Ramban is writing a summary of what happened. So he says, here's the beginning, and he says, Va'az, Pasach, Friar Paul, Va'amar, so this Paul was a Jew who converted to Christianity, and he became, he joined one of these orders, uh, which is why he's called a Friar. Va'amar, and he said, that he is going to demonstrate from the Gemara, Shekvar Boha Moshiach Asher Hanavim Idem Alav, that the, 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 the Mashiach, about whom the prophets prophesied, he is he he already came, he already came. Now um, <clears throat> this is a big area of dispute between Christians and Jews during this time. Jews always said Mashiach didn't come yet. They said Mashiach did come yet. So this he's what is he saying? He's saying that he's he was a Jew. He is a Jew. He knows Talmud. So he is going to bring a new uh, a new frontier into Christian. Jewish dialogue. What is, uh, I don't know if dialogue, but uh, disputation. Why? Because till then, from the advent of Christianity until this Tkufa, the Jews and Christians always argued. But the arguments were always around which book? The Tanakh. Yeshaya says this, and Tehillim it says that. That's what they focused on. Here is the first time documented case when they came with an another Chat. They're actually going to prove that the Tanoim and the Amaroim and the teachings of the Gemara have also uh, Christian uh, teachings. Okay? So this is uh, what he says that he's going to do. So which passage in Chazal is he going to turn to? So the passage he's going to turn to is that famous Medrash that's in Medrash Eicha. There's a, uh, today in the Medrash Rabbah set, uh, so there's on the five, on Breshis through Dvarim, and then on the Chamesh Megillus. Really, these are ten separate Midrashim, 
Lavdafka, they were put together at the exact same time and place. And so the Medrash, Eichar And in Eichar there's a long story over there, and this is going to be his evidence. So now, we need to see, what does it say in Eichar The MS is, it's also in Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi has this, as does Eichar It's a very interesting story. Very bizarre story, interesting story. So, uh, it's, it's long. So I'm going to be looking at the text of the heavy Aramaic, and I'm going to paraphrase in English. There was once a story of one individual who was plowing his field. His, his, his cow, or his ox, um, uh, lowed. That's the word. He, in Olatayda English, you say he mooed. Okay. Avar Aloy Ravi, a Arabian person, passed him. Amarle Ma'at. And uh, the Arabian asked, oh, I, I, I'm paraphrasing. And he asked, um, what, what's your identity? So he said, I am a Jew. So he said, if you're a Jew, release your cow and release the plow. So he said, why? So the, uh, so the Arab said, because the Jewish temple has been destroyed. So the Jew asks, how do you know? So he says, I know from the lowing of your cow. Which is very, very bizarre, but I know from the lowing of your cow that the base Hamikdash has been destroyed. You're a Jew. So life comes to a stop. Morning needs to kick in. Stop plowing your field. This is what he tells him. While he's still talking with him, the cow lows a second time. So the Arabian tells him, uh, tie back together your, your cow and tie back the plow because the Redeemer of the Jews has been born. In the Aramaic, it is the Isyaleid Prikoin de Yudoi. Prikoin is Yakum Purkon, the Redeemer of the Jews has, has been born. Amar so the Jew is curious. He wants to know. Umashmei, what's his name? So he says, Menachem is his name. His name is Menachem. Okay? He got, you know, it usually takes a few days to, uh, to get a name if you're a male. But here, uh, right away, he has a name. What's his father's name? His father's name is Chizkiah. His father's name is Chizkiah. Menachem means comfort, the Maral says. Chizkiah means strength. The, through the comfort, you regain your strength. So the Jew asks, and where are they living? So the Arabian says, in Biras Arba, bidabais lachem yehuda, an area in Beis lachem yehuda. Okay, well this Jew is now on a mission. By the way, we don't know where he is. Doesn't tell us, is he in the Galil, is he in Yehuda, is he in Chutzlaretz? We don't know exactly where he is. Okay, uh, he sells his cow and he sells his plow. And now he goes into a new career change. What's the career change? He's selling garments for children. He's selling garments for children. And he's going into cities and leaving cities, going into provinces and leaving provinces. What's he doing? Till he could reach base Lechem Yehuda. Why is he selling children's garments? Because this is his inn to meet this child, as we'll see. Okay, all of the villagers came to buy clothing from him. I guess it was the hottest thing in town, and he had a good Instagram account, and so people are coming. However, that mother, the mother of that child, did not come to buy clothing for this Menachem, the son of Chizkiah. So he goes over to her, and he says, How is, why is it that you have not bought clothing for your child? So she said, Because I sense, I feel, I'm worried for difficulties for this child. Why? Because... He was born in the wake of the Khurban Beis Hamikdash. So in other words, you want to talk about a bad omen? You want to talk about bad luck? It doesn't get worse than this. A child whose mom is born at this man at the time of the Khurban Beis Hamikdash, like a terrible fate's going to be uh, await him. In fact, in the Yerushalmi, when it has this version, it adds words where the mother is, says that I, 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 I even want to try to t take his life. Okay? That's, uh, that's how extreme. Okay. So the Jew tells this woman and says as follows, we rely on the creator of the world that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed when he was born. It will also be built due to his birth. Okay, in the Aramaic, it was destroyed with him, it will be rebuilt with him. So he said to her as follows, you didn't come buy clothing from me. Here, just take. 
take for your child some clothing, and when you get the money, in other words, she was very poor, when you get the money, come back, and you will pay me uh, in, in a few days. And she need, she went, and she went away. After a few days, the man says, let me go and see what is going on with this child. So she comes to him. She comes to, the, she comes, excuse me, he comes to her. He says to her, what's going on with the child? Hahu yenuka maika avid, what is going on with this child? Amralei, she says, didn't I tell you that I sense a bad omen here? Why? Deminahi shaita from that time, get ready for this, asyin ruchin vil ulin, storms and wind have come, ta'anune, have lifted him up, have lifted him up, and he has gone. In other words, he's been taken away. He's been taken away. This is what the mother says happened to her child. Omar Allah, so he says to her, instead of feeling defeated, instead of feeling deflated, like, oh, what does he say? No, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? That just as he's associated with the destruction, so too he's going to be associated with with the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash. In other words, this him being taken away in this miraculous way is a preparation in some way for him to actually serve in his role as being Mashiach. So she walks away. she feels that this is terrible and horrible. He thinks this is absolutely great. Obviously, the story is bizarre. If you were to make a list of questions or uh, or points of how many things are weird in the story, it wouldn't be difficult to come up with 10. There are many of these uh, uh, particular points. But let's circle back to what we're, the way, the framing that we're doing here. This is being cited by Friar Paul in 1263 in Barcelona to prove that what? What do you see? Moshiach came. Moshiach came already. The day of the destruction, he was born. Jews have been going around and always saying that we're wrong because Mashiach didn't come. Here you have a text from Chazal. It's not a Gemara. I mean, it's not a Bavli, but it's a Yerushalmi. It's a Echaraba. It's Chazal. And here we see that he came already. So how is the Ramban going to respond to this? So the Ramban says as follows. Let's go to number three. Va'an Voimer. And the Ramban says, Ein I don't believe this message. I don't believe this message. Avorayahi litvara. It proves my case. I don't believe it. Number one, I don't believe this medrash. Number two, it proves my case. So that person, Paul, started yelling. He denies their books. He's, he's here as a rabbi, supposed to be what? Defending Chazal, right? And what's he doing? He's basically saying he doesn't believe in a text from Chazal. So he, he, he can't be the spokesman. I'm winning here. Ramban comes back and says, Amarti, the MS, indeed, it is true. Let me explain what it means. I don't believe that Moshiach was born on Tisha B'Av. Let's just stop right here. Was Moshiach born on Tisha B'Av or, right, or not? Right now, our first voice, well, we have the Medrash that implies yes, but our first voice, other than the Medrash, is Ramban, who says, no, I don't believe he was born on that day. Ah, you have this Medrash. And this Medrash, either it's not true. Either it's not true. Or it has a deeper, hidden, esoteric meaning. The second point, we're used to that. We're used to this. We're used to the idea, sigh about psukim, to say that a pasuk is not literal, that there is a deeper meaning, and also for teachings of Chazal to say that although on the face of it it sounds like it's saying this, but really what it's saying is a much deeper, a much, um, uh, an esoteric concept. So that we're used to. The truth is, that there wasn't always agreement among the daily Yisrael whether to take the metaphor root or not. Some people were for it, some people were against it. We'll talk more about it soon. But suffice it to say that Ramban was completely comfortable with the metaphor root. And he said, so it could, the whole thing could be a marshal. And if so, it literally never happened. And so therefore, Mashiach wasn't born. The whole thing could be a marshal. What we're less used to is the thing he says right before that. That I don't believe this message. What does that mean? What does that mean? A lot of ink has been spilled on this particular passage of the Ramban. A lot of people have been discussing. I think the simplest way of understanding it, and the truth is we find a few passages from the Rambam that are similar, where he says something similar. And I once heard Rabbi Chaim Rappaport talking about it, and I think, he, I think he framed this in a way that makes a lot of sense. Let's take a step back for a minute to talk about a Yesoidistika question. 
We're all used to the idea, if it says this in the Gemara, if the Gemara rules, the person is chayev, end the story, the person is chayev, end the story. Now we have to ask ourselves a question, why? Why can't a person later come along and say, the Gemara said chayev, I have a better shot, I think the answer is really potter. So we don't do that. The Rambam says, as an Adama to Mishnah Torah, anything that's in the Talmud Bavli as final law, we all accepted it upon ourselves, end of story. And he says, if it's something that's not clear in the Gemara, so Rav Hai Goin said this, and Rav Shrida Goin said that, okay, so you, you follow Rav Hai Goin, you follow Rav Shrida Goin, and no problem, that's where we have diversity within Judaism. But when the Gemara dropped the Psak Din, so then it's a, everyone has to follow it. The Lashon that he writes over there is Kaifin, we force all the Bate Din all over the place, everyone has to follow In other words, Talmud has the final word on all matters of law. The Lashon and the Rambam has to explain this. What does he say? He says the justification for this, and the Agdama to Mishnah Torah writes this. The justification is because you had Rav or Kol Chachme Yisrael. The Talmud Bavli was not a project by one person. The Talmud Bavli was a project by many people, and it has an acceptance history. It's not just that it was written. An acceptance history by who? All of Chachme Yisrael. By the time you come to the Rambam's day, all of Chachme Yisrael had accepted uh, the, the Talmud, and therefore what? He doesn't explain it so much. There's a piece from Rabbi Cholam Vasaman and Kovit Shiurim where he basically says, and it's very, it, it makes sense because it reads well in the Rambam, that Haskamas Kol Chachamim, all of the rabbis agreeing to something, is equal to the concept of a Sanhedrin. Just like we understand that when a Shaila came up in Yerushalayim and they went to the Bezdin, they went to the Sanhedrin, and they said, is it Treif is it or is it Kasher? And they voted. And they passed it's Treif, says Treif. A person's not allowed to go against the Sanhedrin. We have a concept called Zokin Mamre, and the whole laws of Zokin Mamre is for someone who goes against a, a Sanhedrin. That's the, the, the system, the way the Abishur set it up. So just like it works for a Sanhedrin, somehow, Kol Chachme Yisrael have the power of a Sanhedrin as well. Talmud Bavli is Kol Chachme Yisrael. A God will be Yisrael, it could be the greatest mission, the greatest Achim, but he's only one person. So you don't have Askamas Kol Yisrael, and so therefore, you don't, and there, and so therefore it's not binding. So Vaistois, when do you say that you have this concept of askamas kol askamas kol Only in Yonim of Halacha. Only in Yonim of Halacha. So that's where we say if the Gemara said Chayev, and the story is Chayev. There is no sorry, no, later to show them, they can't come in and, and revisit that. However, when it comes to Yonim of Agoda, so let's go back. The Sanhedrin, they never paskined on that. They never, a, a, a Shaila and Agadita never went to the Sanhedrin. Because it never went to the Sanhedrin, an argument could be made that the whole concept of Achrei Rabbim Lahatois and so therefore Askamas Kalachanim never even kicks in. And so therefore it's possible to imagine that the Ramban and the Ramban, just like when you had two Amaroyim sitting across the table, one said this and the other one said, never happened. Is it a problem? No, it happens all the time in the Gemara. Happens, of course, we have the issue of Machalikas ben Matthias, but at the end of the day, open any page of the Gemara, you have Amaroyim arguing with each other. He said it happened like this, he said, no, it didn't happen like that. We don't bat an eyelash. We're okay with that. So just like you're okay with that for one Amoira against another Amoira, you should be okay with that for one Amoira against the Rambam. Why? Because here you don't have the concept of Askamas Kol Yisrael. Now, did this become the norm? Is this the norm we were raised with? No, this is not the norm we were raised with. Why? Because there's another way of looking at it, that everything that Chazal said is uh, you can't come along and say any Maimon. That, that, that concept we don't do. So there's different traditions in this regard. There is a lot of evidence to suggest, and this is one piece in a larger puzzle, that at least by, by the Svardim they had this concept. And so therefore the Ramban is, is, feels very comfortable saying, yeah, I know he said that. Fine, I disagree. I think from looking around, I think this is the most reasonable way of understanding what's happening. Okay. So, but, so again, what's he saying? I reject this medish. Either I reject it, or I'm going to turn it into a metaphor. But, I'll nonetheless accept it literally like you say. Why? It proves me. It proves my case. Why does it prove my case? Because this is talking about someone who was born when? The year 68, 69, 70, whichever year of the Chorban. By all accounts, that's after the time of Yeshua Anaitri. So, if Moshiach is born in 68, 69, 70, so that doesn't work for the Christian claim. And so therefore, I'll run with it literally. This is what the Ramban says. It's a raya for my words. Okay, so then one of the judges who's there says, that's not the question. The issue for debate now is not any one person, any one name. We're not talking about this person or that person. We want to ask a simple question. Did Moshiach come here yet? Yes, yes or no? And here you have a text that says yes, but, but Jews are always going around saying no. So Ramban has to answer. So what does Ramban do? She says as follows. 
This medrash does not say the Mashiach came. It says that he was born. Moshe Rabbeinu was born. On the day that Moshe Rabbeinu was born, would you say Mashiach came? You have to be a fool. Jews are still suffering. You can't say Mashiach came. He wasn't a redeemer. He was, he was born. When can you say Mashiach came in the story of Parah? When he, find, he comes into Parah's throne room and says, That's called Mashiach coming. Likewise, when he's going to come to the Pope, that was the vision then. The Pope was the most uh, powerful person at the time. He's going to say, God told me, let my people go. Then Moshiach came. But that never happened. And so therefore Moshiach never came. So in other words, you could say Moshiach was born, Moshiach didn't come. Then he goes further and says, the truth is, he's not even called Moshiach yet. What's Moshiach mean? Moshiach means anointed. This man wasn't anointed. For example, David HaMelech, on the day that he was born, wasn't anointed. He wasn't called Moshiach Hashem. When did he become Mashiach Hashem? When Shmuel actually spilled the oil on his head. Same, same thing. When Elio is going to anoint Mashiach, then Yikra Mashiach. And then when he comes after that to the Pope, Az Yikra Goyal. So, in other words, there's three stages in the coming of Mashiach, so to speak. First, he needs to be born. Okay, so that happened according to this medrash and happened. Then another thing needs to happen. He needs to be anointed. That didn't happen. Until that happens, he's just a person. He's not Mashiach. Then, even after he's anointed, he's not the Redeemer yet. He's just anointed, but he's not the Redeemer. When you become the Goyel, the Goyel is when you have that confrontation with, uh, with the Pope. That's what it is. Okay. So, this is, so, in summary, what's his point? Number one, I reject this medrash. Because either I reject it outright, or it's a metaphor. And so therefore, Moshiach wasn't born. Even if you want to say Moshiach was born, all it means is born, not come, and not anointed. Fine. Now, this debate wasn't a one-day disputation. It went over a period of every few days. It had another meeting. And at the follow-up, what we just read was from the first day. At the follow-up, um, Ramban felt the need to clarify a little what he had previously said. And he uh, clarified one line. He said... If you look at text 4, on the fourth line, you'll see, he writes here, We have rabbis who wrote, Mashiach is going to come all the way at the end, when Golis is over. What's he doing here? Yesterday, at the, at the first session, what did he say? He said, I don't accept that Mashiach was born then. It's a metaphor, or I just don't plain out, don't accept it. Okay, so, so then what do you accept? When is Moshe, what's your alternative model? Oh, my alternative model is, I, there, the, there are sources, he didn't say what they are. We'll see, it's going to become clear as we move along what those sources are. There are sources that imply that the day that he's going to come, that's when Mashiach is going to be born, into that generation. Okay. And Al-Kain, and so because they have those sources, therefore, that's why I don't believe this. In other words, it's not because it's a fantastical story. That's not the, the reason. I'm not accepting this because I have a, a different Messiah. I'm not I'm being whimsical. I have a different Messiah about what Mashiach is going to come. And so therefore, it's not compatible with this Medrash. Therefore, I'm doing this Medrash and I accept uh, the other stuff. Now, the continuation over here, what happened was that the king intervened. King James comes in and he says, although he wasn't supposed to be part of the debate, he asked two questions. He asked, so if you follow this model, Mashiach was born, we'll just say around the year 70. So now we're in the year 1263. That's an awfully long time. Human beings don't live that long. This is the question that King James asked the Ramban. So what did the, so now the Ramban, this already he asked him in the previous session. The Ramban now gives the answer. He says that, what's the whole union of Misa? The whole union of Misa is a result of the Chet. The whole result of the Chet. Okay, Mashiach represents rectifying the Chet. Mashiach represents getting past the Chet. So therefore, Mashiach, as the person, the chet doesn't touch him. He transcends it. And so therefore, nope, it shouldn't be a surprise that he can live a very long life or even live uh, forever. In other words, exactly what would have happened before the chet. However you understand what would have happened before the chet where it says that don't eat from the fruit because if you do, then you're going to die. Implying that were it not for eating from the fruit, then either there's two shittas. Either people would live a very, very, very long life 
one shita, or the Ramban's own shita and his Pidush Alatayr is that people would have been literally immortal. Okay, so Mashiach, who the whole sin doesn't influence him, so therefore he's able to live forever. This is what, uh, this is what uh, he answered on that question. Then he said, and so where is he now? Where is he now? So he said, if he, where is he now? He, before the Chet, where was all the magician? In Gan Eden. Gan Eden is a physical place here on earth. Okay, then he gets thrown out of Gan Eden. He gets thrown out of Gan Eden. Moshiach is Hecher from Chet. He's beyond the Chet. So where is he? He's in this physical world, in this place. That's the Gan Eden. According to the Ramban, there is a place in the... Very often we use the term Gan Eden and we mean something spiritual. According to the Ramban, there's two Gan Edens. There's a spiritual Gan Eden. That's the Olam for Neshamas and whatever. And then there's something, uh, there's a physical, uh, there's a physical uh, Gan Eden down here in this world. That human beings don't have the ability. That's what Bracious is saying. That Hashem put Malachim there so that human beings don't have the ability to get inside. Okay, so however you want to understand that, you could probably uh, have a fascinating shear just on that topic. But that's where Moshiach is. Okay, good. What's becoming clear over here is all of a sudden we're realizing there's two hashkafas about where is Mashiach today? Or when is Mashiach born? Put it that way. Two shittas. One shitta, which sounds like the pashtas or the medrash is, Mashiach gives you a very miraculous type of vision for Mashiach. He was born on the day of the Chorban. He was whisked away by some winds. He's in Gan Eden, in a physical place in this world, living a very, very long life for a very, very uh, long uh, time. That's one vision. Another vision is what the Ramban is laying out here is that in the dirt that Mashiach is going to come, a person will be born in a much more of a natural type of a, of a model. This continued. Um, if you go to number five, this is way ahead later on in the debate. And now what uh, Friar Paul uh, does is he says, Ani um, Raya, I'm learning, reading on the third line, I'm going to bring a proof from a great rabbi, a great Jewish rabbi. They haven't had such a great rabbi in 400 years. And his name is Maestro, which is the honorific, Mr. It's a similar word. Moshe de Gipti. Moshe of Egypt. Gipti, Egypt. So in other words, I'm going to quote the rabbi. And Jews haven't had such a great rabbi for 400 years. So some people have looked into what exactly did he mean? What did Paul mean? The Rasag was born around 380 years before this event. Rapsadia Goin was a, a, a superstar uh, Goin. And so uh, he's comparing, he's saying, since then they didn't, haven't had such a great rabbi. And what does he say? He says, Mashiach is going to die. So he's bringing this argument here, the concept of Mashiach is going to die. You have this, uh, the Rambam says, one second, the Rambam says, the Mashiach is going to um Die and then his child is going to take over, which is why is he saying this? It's unlike you said that Mashiach is not going to die. Vishal and he said, I want to show you the text. Bring me Sefer Shaitan, Sefer Shaitan, the last book in Mishnah Torah where I want to bring this text. Okay, Amarti Lifneim, the Ramban here, notice he has the ability to absolutely pounce. Why? Because the Ramban knew Ramban. And he knows Sefer Shoftim, and he knows Hilchos Malachim, and what it says over there. Ain Kain. This is like the worst. This is a nightmare. If you're in a debate, if you're in a dispute, and you quote from a book, and then the other side knows that it's not there, that's a nightmare. And that's what happened here. Ain Kain. It's not there. There's a, or as we say in modern English, that's what that's that's uh, that's what happened here. Okay. Uh, what now? What happened? The truth is, there is such a Rambam. It's just, he made a mistake. It's not a Mishnah Torah. Rambam writes this in Pirish HaMishnayis, in the Hagdama to Perek Helech. He writes, yeah, Moshiach is going to come, the world will be redeemed, and then he's going to pass away. And then who's going to take over? Moshiach's son's going to take over. Just like that, David, Shloimeh, that, that type of model. In Igeres Tchias, Amazing, the Rambam writes this again. In Mishnah Torah, the Rambam doesn't touch this. He doesn't write it. It doesn't come up at all. So, uh, no, no. Doesn't say it in Mishnah Torah. So... The Ramban says, it doesn't say it there. I agree. Yes, some of our rabbis say this. Why? And here he comes back to this model. The Medrash shit is number one, number two, is living forever. And if you follow Pshat, then you have a different model. You're going to be born close to the end. The Yechia Hashanim Rabbi's Mizbar have a very long life. 
The Yomul's Bechavon, he's going to die a dignified death. The Yanchel Kisra Lebanai, then he's going to pass the crown on to his child. I would take this second path. Okay, then they brought the book, they bring the Rambam, he looks, he's flipping through the pages, and he can find it as an embarrassing moment for, uh, for Paul. But what do you see here? It's filling out the vision. It's filling out the vision. You have the miraculous vision, you have the Pshat vision. The miraculous vision is, again, born on the day of the Chorbin, whisked away, hiding in Gan Eden, living a very, very long life, and immortal, never dying. What's the other model? Now you have a full picture of the other model. The other model is it's someone who's born in the generation that he is going to come and he's not immortal. He passes away at a certain time. These are the two models that we're getting about Mashiach that surface from this uh, disputation that the, Ramban, uh, that the Ramban had. So to come back to our question, was Mashiach born on Tishabav? Answer is, it's Machloikis. It's two different opinions. It's in what your vision of the Mashiach situation is. Okay, that's all scene one. Let's now jump ahead a few hundred years to the Barbanel. Barbanel wrote a lot about Mashiach, and in the Sefer Yeshua's Mashiachoi, he addresses Ba'arichis, this Medrash, this Medrash of Eicha Rabba. Let's read a little what he says. It is very hard to handle this Medrash. Where do we find that there should be prophecy in Aksin? And if indeed this uh, Arab was able to, uh, to interpret what the ox was lowing, this prophet is greater than, this Arabian person is greater than all of the other uh, prophets because none of the other ones on record are interpreting what a ox is saying when he's, when he's just uh, issuing sound. Okay, then he says, So here you see, Abarbanel has the Ksav Yad of this, uh, it wasn't printed in his day, but he has it in manuscript, this document of what, of what came up in times of the Nabani, he's aware of it, and he says, this issue came up then. He also goes on to say that he's not so sure that the Ramban gave the best answer. He feels that maybe... Uh, it wasn't the best answer. I'm not entirely sure what he wasn't so satisfied with, but this is what he says. Then he goes on to say, I'm going to explain in one of three different ways. So he says like this. Here are the three ways you can interpret this matter. Look what he says. Which is built in It's insufficient and it's wrong, but it is a way. Why is it a way? Look what he says here. Look at this line. This is the derech of Ashkenazim. Abarbanel is aware about the Ashkenazim. And he, he's, he knows. You don't have this whole approach of metaphorizing a, 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 a chazal. You don't have it over there. You don't have it by Rashi. You don't have it by the Balei Atosis. You don't have it by the Bichil of Paris. We don't have this. So if you're going with that, so you go literal. So what's literal? Indeed, the Medrash is literal. He's going to live for a very long time. And he's in Gan Eden. And the Ramban said that this is the correct approach. In other words, what's the original intent of the Medrash, which the Ramban himself doesn't accept, is this, uh, is this Pirush of, uh, of Pshat. It's very interesting the way he frames this around, that this is the Ashkenazim. The Ashkenazim do this. Um, you know, soon we're going to come to the Maral. And the Maral, Maral lived in the, the 1500s, and he's Ashkenazi, 100% Ashkenazi. He's living a little further east, he's living in Prague, but he de definitely has the Kabbalah and the Mesoira of Ashkenazi Jewry. And in many of his forum, he's writing that the Agadis are Shaloi Kupshuta. He's writing they have a deeper meaning, Pirusha Pnimi, they have a deeper. So, What's interesting is that there's a medrash that Adam and, and uh, that Adam had relations with every single Chaya and Behema before uh, before he had relations with uh, Chava. Rashi brings it Allah Torah. The Svardim they all say it's a metaphor. All many of them say it's a metaphor. It's a very uncomfortable type of medrash. It raises so many questions. So you just say that it's a medrash, and they give different interpretations of what it means. So the Taz, the Maral also does. The Maral is like I think. I think he's the first one that's from the Ashkenazi yeshivas, but he's, start, he's starting this path of making a pirush ha on uh, these things. So the next generation, you had the Taz. 
The Taz has a sefer, the Divrei David Al and he writes over there on this medrash. I know that the Maral says that it's a metaphor, or whatever, but uh, I don't accept this. And his lashon is the ein lanu lahafkiya divrei chachamim mi pashtan. We should not take the words of the chachamim out of their literal meaning. So I look at this as like some pushback. In other words, he's starting to see that the Ashkenazi Masoira is starting to weaken with the Maral and others like him, and he's like fighting back. He's saying, "No, this is not our tradition. This is not the way we do it." Okay, so this you're seeing this in the Abarbanel. There are other sources that really put this picture together. Okay, then Abarbanel continues and says, so if I'm not going with that approach, if I'm not going with the approach of Pshat, then what is the pro? Oh, sorry. He's going to give his approach in a second. But first he gives Ha'ar, very interesting Ha'ar. He says, if you're going with that approach, we're going to call it now the Ashkenazi approach. Why not? It's a good name. If you're going with the Ashkenazi approach, I have a better way of taking it. Why say that Nebuch, this Moshiach, is living for a thousand years all alone in Gan Eden on a Shama Beguf in Gan Eden in this place. They say better. Say he passed away. Say he passed away. And he went to Gan Eden Haruchni. He went to Gan Eden Haruchni. And when Mashiach needs to come, he's going to come back. I have no problem, he says, with the idea of Mashiach coming from the dead. And he brings the Mekoidus and the Gemara. That's pretty clear. Sanhedrin, the Mashiach could come from someone who passed away. So he says, um, uh, Say he died. He was completely separated from the physical world. The supernal Ganeden. And then he's going to become Mashiach. All right, then he says, don't be bothered by Mashiach passing away because he doesn't see an issue uh, with that. Fine. So now we have a twist. We have an Ashkenazi way. And then we have an Ashkenazi way with... A Barbanel's twist. Okay, either way, Moshiach was born on Tishabov. The Shailah is if he's still living or not. Then you have his way, the Ramban's way. What did Ramban? Ramban said, I'll reject the Medrash. Notice, A Barbanel doesn't do that. A Barbanel does not feel that he has the ability to do that, and he doesn't do that. You have to check to see if this is something that you find in other places by Barbanel as well. But he runs with the metaphor. He runs with the metaphor. And he writes, Okay. And he goes on and says, this is very normal. The Chachamim would do this all the time. Um, they, would, uh, um, they would say things that were extremely zany. Why? Because it's a trigger for you. When you're reading it, right? if I write something that sounds normal, so it sounds normal, so you move on. If I write something that's crazy, and you know that I'm a smart person, so it's going to cause you to pause. And that's what the Chachamim wanted. They wanted you to pause. And so this is why uh, they, they did it in this way. And then he says, because it's like such a zany story, it must be that there's some deep messages about Golos and Gula that's embedded over here. And then he says, I'm going to tell you 10. I'm going to tell you 10. And he has this whole long list. Okay, one sample. The Alimu is the second lesson that we derive from here. The <clears throat> Second line of the last paragraph of Abarbanel. The very moment when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed due to sins. God, that second said, I'm going to bring him back. I'm going to bring Moshiach. So, in other words, you know, when people sometimes get into a dispute, there's like, I'm really, really mad. So, I did something to like, I expressed anger. Right? Maybe I, did, maybe I did something violent. Okay, reconciliation could happen, right? But that's tomorrow. That's in five days from now. That's in five years from now when I calm down, now I can reconcile. So you could imagine a, an interpretation that Chorban Beis HaMikdash is like, the Ebishter is really mad with us, and so therefore you have the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. What's in the future? Don't bother me now about the future. I don't know about the future. We'll, let me calm down, then we'll talk about the future. No, no. The very second of the Chorban Beis HaMikdash, Ebishter is already saying there's going to be reconciliation, and we're going to bring it back, and Moshiach is going to come. And on that thought, that's what he's saying, on that thought, that arose in God's mind, that there is going to be a redemption, that's called Leidus HaMashiach, and that's the metaphor, and that's the message that we have over here. So Ramban said there's a possibility of a metaphor, but he never explained what it is. Abarbanel lays out ten possibilities, and we just saw one. All of this is from three paths. He gives us the Ashkenazi path, he gives us the metaphor path, and then he says there's another path, which we're not even going to get to, and he said, and, and it's also metaphor, okay? So... I don't fully understand the difference between path two, path two and three. They're both metaphor. It doesn't matter. We're just going to leave our Barbanel as two uh, uh, for the purposes of our uh, conversation. Okay, so now we have two models. We have two models, 
and it really revolves around a simple question. Was Mashiach born? Was there a person who was literally a boy named Menachem ben Cheskia? Was there such a boy born on Tishabav, the year of the Chorban Beis HaMikdash? So let's see how the Rebbe addressed this, uh, how the Rebbe addressed this subject. So first of all, there are instances in where the Rebbe does go with a Pirush Primi. The Rebbe does take a metaphoric interpretation. In other words, there's a famous sikh, the Rebbe in Chelech Tazvav, where the Rebbe explains as follows. The purpose of Galos is not for Galos itself. The purpose of Galos is to lead to the Gul. So because of that, because Galos is, 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 the, is the going back, in order to leap forward, you need to take a few steps back. So really, even the falling back, you're not really going back. It's part of your journey forward. So that is Merumah's in this story that while the Chorban is happening, Mashiach is born. The message here is that the whole concept of a Chorban is actually leading into Mashiach. This is an example in a Sikha, and there's a few times where the Rebbe does understand it in a metaphoric way. However, it is pretty clear from a number of Sikhas that the Pirush Primi does not negate uh, anything uh, practical. Does not negate anything practical. Let's look at the Sikha of Moitza Shabbos Vayishlach, Yutas Kislev, here the Rebbe says as follows. <clears throat> the, Gemara, the story about the child being born on, uh, the, on the day of the Churban is a physical story. It's Oydos Inyin Gashmi. Why? Because if you look at so, much, so many details there, the details is the argument for taking it literally. What's the Raya? The Rebbe here quotes, The Gemara says, so Machlekes, who Eov is? Who Eov is? One Shitta says that he lived in this generation, another generation. One of the Amaroyim says, This person never existed. Okay, the other Amaroyim fight back, and they say that you can't say that. Why? Because it says his name, and it says, Shmoy V'Shem It says his name. And so you, it's almost like it's saying, you wouldn't have in the Torah... You wouldn't have in the Torah a story that says Shmoy v'shem iroi and it not being literal. So the Rebbe says, so the same thing would be here. You have a whole story with names and all these details. You can't say that it's not, uh, that it's not, literal. not literal. Okay, this is straight in line with uh, the Ashkenazi approach. Okay, then the Rebbe makes a, a greater argument. That is the union of Halacha. This medrash, one of the signs to know whether something's literal or not, is do you take it seriously enough that it affects halacha? This medrash, that Mashiach was born on Tisha B'av, affects halacha. How is that? So the Rebbe says as follows. Uh, <clears throat> the, this, this material, this is from Vayishlach Tavshan Lamed. A week before Vayetze, the Likot and Likot HaSichis, was a sikha on a, on a, a topic. The ending, I think, has the longest ha'ar in the entire Lakut I think it's the longest. What happened was that the ending is like, uh, is the bracha that we should have the gula, we should have the eschalta to gula, and what they, when they prepared the sikha, they put in a whole thing, that, and what we have today in Israel is not the eschalta to gula, even though that whole thing was not part of the sikha. What, happens, what happened is they knew of a letter that the Rebbe wrote to Rabbi Zevin a year or so before, and the Rebbe expressed this idea, and they're like, okay, we want to get this out to the public. What better way than to put it into a footnote on Lukut HaSichas? And so they did that, and the Rebbe was magiyat, and gave it out for Parshas Vayetze. And th these points, now it's the next week, and the Rebbe is, is now verbally uh, saying it. What do we have? Why do we say Nachim and Mincha on Tishabov? Nachim is Nachama. Now you're talking about comfort. Now you're talking about feeling better already. Why are we talking about feeling better on comfort? On, uh, on Tisha B'Av. In fact, it's toward the end of the day. There are sources that indicate that the Iker Chorban happened toward the end of the day. So, why are we having this? So, <clears throat> you have from Reb Chaim Vital in the name of the Arizal, whose yard site is today, that the reason is because of the fact that Noilad Moshiach Hanikra Menachem, it's clearly alluding to this Medrash, that is why we're able to say Nachem, which is the same word, uh, and we're allowed to talk about Menachem because it's the Indian of the time. It's relevant to the time because that's when Moshiach was born. Another thing, we do Kiddush Levana on Moitzit Tishabav. The Ramon Shochon Arach actually says you shouldn't do it because Kiddush Levana is in your Simcha and you shouldn't be having Simcha on Moitzit Tishabav. And the Poyo, there are many Poyskim who came later who said that no, we do do it. Why? Because there is an Indian of Simcha. Why? Because Mashiach is born uh, on, uh, on Tishabav. The Chida in one of his Svarim talks about the fact 
that uh, the women in Italy had this minig that they would start straightening up the house and cleaning up the house Tisha B'Av afternoon. And he says the reason for this minig is uh, because of this same uh, because of this same thing. We have it another sefer. The Kolba, it was written earlier, is one of the Rishonim, is written in Provence. He writes about a minig that there were women who would take showers already. They would wash their heads. They would wash their heads. And he says, this is a minig of skenim or rishonim. And they were relying on the fact that Mashiach was born. Just He goes on to say, just like you need to make a zecher l'churbin, which is what Tishabav is. And a zecher from Mashiach, you don't need to make. That you also need to make. And so therefore, uh, we do this. He goes on to say that really it's only the women, why not the men? So he goes on to say, the men, okay. He says the men don't need the reminders. We have good amuna. We have, why? Because we're Tamid Chacham, he says. So we learn so our amuna is strong, so therefore we don't need to make a zecher. But the women, they aren't learning, he says. Because they aren't learning, so therefore by them the amuna is weaker. So therefore they need to do this in order to uh, fight. So these are the interesting dinim and minhagim that express this. One more thing that Rebbe points out, this paiskin that say, that if you're worried that a shidduch is going to fall apart, then you're allowed to make a shidduch on Maitzah Tishabav as well, also for the same reason. So this comes up and surfaces in Allah again and again and again. So now you're going to say, metaphor. You can say it never happened. Okay, so you could say that even in a metaphor, some ruchiniistic thing was going on, right? So for that, okay, so you could... But at the end of the day, it's glatter and it's geschmack. You say, no, the Mashiach was born, Nachem, Menachem. Okay, so this, the Rebbe is making an argument that, um, that, this is, uh, that, this is, uh, that this is literal. Now, if you say that it's literal, uh, the question becomes, why? Why was this necessary? So the Rebbe addressed that. Another, why was it necessary to have Mashiach was being born at that moment? Let's look at the Kutasich, it's Chelech of Tess, page 14. The Rebbe says as follows. <clears throat> the story in the Medrash, when the uh, cow lowed for the second time, so the Arab said, Mashiach was born. What does that mean? Meaning, redemption can happen immediately. And let me explain why it must have been the case that Mashiach was born in that moment. Because tshuva, uh, repentance, leads to immediate redemption. Great, in the He has to be locked, loaded, and ready to go. Tshuva could happen a minute uh, later. In fact, there are sources that say that the highest potential of a tshuva was at the moment of a korban. Because could you imagine what Jews were experiencing? So theoretically, the sheikh could have come four minutes later. So you needed to have someone ready. So that's why I needed to be born then. Okay. Okay. Okay, so if so, that's the argument, now you're faced with the following challenge. How are you going to have a one-day-old baby that's going to be the redeemer of the Jewish people? So in a footnote, the Rebbe deals with this. Although the Lashon of the Medish is that the child was born, how is it possible to have a conversation about a, a, a one-day-old child redeeming the Jewish people? So what does the Rebbe say? Here you see the extent to what way, in, in, to what degree the Rebbe is going in the literal kaf here. We have the drashim, bereishis rabba vayikra rabba. Now talk about before the mabel, children were developed much quicker. If you ever seen a, 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 a video of a, of a of an animal giving birth, so you'll notice that within a second or two minutes, a minute of the of the baby coming out, it's already walking. Human beings don't, right? So there's some, there is quicker development, there is a slower development. Human beings, because of the way we're created, is a mile and a chsarn. Chsarn is, it takes a long time to develop. There are other milas to it as well. So he's saying is, there's midrashim that say that really we were a little more closer to the animals in this way before the mabul. We're already on the day that children were born, they're already being productive. Okay, good. So maybe we'll say that, anyway, dealing with a miraculous story. So yes, a one day old is going to be the redeemer of the Jewish people. Fine. This is what uh, this is what he uh, this is what he says. He, the Rebbe also points to in another sicha in Achren Shalpesach where the famous nevuah of Agar Zeiv and Keves. Everyone knows this nevuah. Well, that same pasuk also has, it says Venar Kata and a young child is going to be leading these animals. What does that mean? A young child meaning someone who is young who. Before Mashiach came, wasn't able to get anything done. Now is able to lead animals. And which animals does Eve 
uh, together with uh, the Kevin. So that's a shtickle mocker for this idea of young, uh, young maturity and productivity from a young age. And the says something very interesting. And we need to investigate the nevuas hayeled. Okay, so this you could, is a very interesting topic. We're not going to get into it uh, uh, today. The Rebbe is basically saying we need to look into the nevuas hayeled story. Basically, as follows. You have in Seder Adoiris, which is a history safer, um, where it said that um, and in the times of, uh, right at, during the time after Chesimah, around the time of uh, when the Gemara was finished, a uh, hundred or two so years later, there was a story of a child in Eretz Yisrael who was born, who was talking on the day that he was born. This, it comes down in, uh, it's not entirely clear when it was written and how it was written, but there is this tradition, and it was recorded and printed in different, uh, in different form. So what the Rebbe is saying here is, you need to look into this. Now, it's a little funny thing to say, you need to look into this. Why say you need to look into this? So in other words, uh, the, although the Seder Adoidus accepts it, the, the Chida, in his Shem uh, Agdoilim, he writes that he's not so sure. He's not so sure if it's legitimate, maybe it was written later by someone else. And the Tzamech Tzedek, when he's also in Sefer HaChakira, he also talks about miracles, and when he, he, he includes this, he writes, he puts it in Sugraim, he puts it in parentheses. Why does he put it in parentheses? Because also maybe he's not so sure if it's legitimate or not. So anyway, the, it's interesting, because Rabbi here is saying, this is another example that maybe uh, one uh, needs, to, uh, uh, needs to look into. Um, the, the boy's name was known as Nachman Katufa, and the year that the Seder Adairus gives him for uh, his birth is the year 485. 485. And the story continues that he spoke on the day that he was born, and then his father told him off, so he stopped. Then a few years later, he started saying, and then he passed away right when it was done, and then someone recorded those Nevoas. Okay, fine. Let's leave that uh, for what it is. What time is it? Five minutes. Okay, so there's more, but we're going to have to skip due to timing. And now, I want to... Um, I, there's a piece that we're missing here. It's a big piece that we're missing here. Because so far, what did I present? I presented that there's two approaches. One approach is the miraculous Mashiach who was born 2,000 years ago and who is alive in Ganeidin, who is immortal, was born on the day of Tishba. Okay? Or with our Barbanel's Knech, you say that he passed away and he's waiting in Ganeidin. But what's the other model? The way the Ramban said it. The other model is that uh, the day that he's coming is going to be born. I have a feeling that if I asked you what's your opinion about uh, this, you would say there's a third model. You say there's a third model. You would say something to the effect of that in every generation, there's a person who's born that has the potential to be Moshiach, right? You've heard this before. You heard this concept before. Yeah. It's been absent, completely absent from the conversation. Notice Ramban did not say it. Abarbanel did not say it. In fact, none of the early sources talk about this idea. So now I want to fit this third way into this conversation. In Tashan Umbez, three separate occasions, the Rebbe alluded to this teaching. Here's one example from Parshas Ayera, where the Rebbe says as follows. We have Moshiach today in a literal sense. How do I know? Kiyadua, and here the Rebbe is quoting, There is someone born from Shevet Yehuda, Shuroi Liyos Moshiach Li Yisrael who is worthy of being Mashiach. Echad haroi mitzidkasai li is goyal. He is appropriate, he is pasik to be the redeemer. And when the time comes, and God will send him. These are quotes. The first quote, in the footnote, the Rebbe attributes to Pirush habartenuro lurus. Pirush habartenuro lurus. That's the first quote. The second quote, Chsam Soifer. So what are these quotes? So first of all, there's a lot of confusion about this. People assume, you hear Bartanura, that either it's the wine uh, company or it's uh, the Mechaber who wrote a Piddush on the mission of the Bartanura. The Mech- Rabbi Vadim of Bartanura, the one who lived in the 1400s, who wrote a Piddush on the Mishnayis, did not write a Piddush to Sefer Rus. But he had a nephew. He had a nephew by the name of Evadia ben Zechariah. They had the, first, the same name. And this Evadia ben Zechariah uh, was like more of a Mekobo than his uncle was. And he did write a Piddush to Rus. And he writes, and you look at number 13, you'll see, this is the quote. He writes that we're suffering from the illness of Nachash HaKadmoini. And that's getting in the way. That we can have 
Moshiach come, and here he says, what does that mean? This is the quote. You're talking, this is someone who lived in the 1500s, and he's putting down, as of now, it's the first source, as of now, he's putting down this idea that in every generation there is a potential person who's going to be Moshiach. And now it's just a question if the editor is going to reveal himself to him or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a Gemara in Sanhedrin where you have many different people saying and different people Moshiach. And the MS is, should, I could have said this before, that the Ramban could also have been relying on that Gemara when he says, I reject Eicha Rabba. Why? Because in that Gemara you have a whole bunch of people, there's like eight shittas. One of them, no, one of them says, Moshiach's name is Menachem Shmoy. So one fits, but the other seven don't fit. So the Ramban could also say that I have sources in the Talmud Badli that, uh, to reject it, not only uh, on, his own, uh, on his own accord. Yes, you do have that. And yes, you're right, that, as we'll soon see in a second, some have interpreted that as a source, though Rabbi Vadia, the nephew, did not bring that Gemara as a source for this idea. Others have done so. Before we get there, the Chsam Soifer, the Chsam Soifer, he, addressing this issue, he writes in his, uh, he has a tshuva, and he writes as follows. Um, yeah, I'm just looking for the, the exact uh, uh, quote that I'm looking for. He writes, um, Okay, he basically writes this idea that in every generation you have a person who's uh, a Mashiach who needs, who needs uh, uh, who's worthy of being Mashiach. And that leads into a question What's a Shaila? Shaila is, how come we have a Gemara that says Mashiach can come on Shabbos? There's an issue with Mashiach coming on Shabbos. What's the issue? The issue is, Tchum Shabbos. Tchum Shabbos. The Gemara is trying to clear, saying, Mashiach is going to come higher than 10 Fakhim. Why is that? Because a donkey is higher than 10 Fakhim. Coming from clouds is higher than 10 Fakhim. So it's So if you say there's an issue of Tchumin higher than 10 Fakhim, so Mashiach can't come on Shabbos. He wants to know, what's this? What, what's, why is there an assumption that he's coming from outside the city? He's, every generation has a person who's royally as Mashiach, who's living from amongst the people. Mashiach comes to him, he's sitting in show with the people. He says, hello, everyone, I'm Mashiach. Why is there, it, what do you see from here? So he goes and gives an answer. I, I don't want to do the Chassam Soifer's answer. What do you see from the very, this very fact in this Gemara? That Gemara fits a little with this Eich In this Eich model, where he's in Gan Eden, physical or spiritual, then yes, it makes a lot of sense to say that he's coming He's coming That Gemara stims a lot more with the Ashkenazi uh, model. But you see already the Chassam Soifer following in with Rabbi Vadya, is going with this idea that no, you have in every generation a person who's potential to be Moshiach. Then you have in these three times when the Rebbe in Tavshin Bey's quotes this, it's Vayera is one of them, Chayasara is another, and Vayetze. What's interesting about it is I have not found the Rebbe quoting this before that. I've not, I, and I can't say I looked everywhere, but it'd be very interesting to see if other people can find where the Rebbe relied on this teaching in earlier years of the Nazis. But in Tavshin Bey's three times, and each time it's the same quote, and cites the Bartanura, cites the Chsam Soifer, and cites a Steichemet. The Steichemet has this piece from Rabbi Aryeleib Lipkin. He's famous for being the nephew of the Rabbi Yisrael Mesalanter. Yisrael Mesalanter's last name was Lipkin. And he was a Rav in Lita, and he had correspondence with the Steichemet. So he wrote to him, and he addressed this issue, and he basically said, and that's the Pshat and the Echarabah. You want to know the Mashiach that was born on that day? Not like Ramban, that it's a miraculous Moshiach who's hiding in Gan Eden who lives for thousands of years. No, that's not what we're talking about. It's the Moshiach that was born in that generation. If the generation would have been Roy for Moshiach in that generation, then that it would have been him. Papayo, he passed away, so it's not him, someone else. That's what Ariele Lipkin is writing, and the Rebbe is being with Zion in these three sikhs to this piece in the Steichamed. So in other words, in other words, what happened here is as follows. We're asking the question, is Mashiach born on Tisha B'av? Until now, it was very clear. You could only say he was born on Tisha B'av if you're going with the miraculous model. That's the only way you can say he was born on Tisha B'av, the Ashkenazi model, you could say. In the Mgufa, we have two I find one that he's still in Ganeid in the physical, or Abarbanel, he passed away in the spiritual. What was the other alternative? The other alternative is you have to reject the whole thing, or it's turning into a metaphor. No Mashiach was born uh, on Tisha B'av, and that's the Ramban's model, and that's Abarbanel's model. What do we see now? We see now 
is, and it's interesting how this idea developed late. And yes, you're right. You could maybe say that as roots in the Gemara. But ultimately, these he's the one. Lipkin is the one who turns to the Gemara. He's the one who says the Gemara is uh, is my daya. And because today's Heir, he also I want want to point out that he writes, and that's why in every dur the people were saying about their Rebbe that the, he was Mashiach. Okay. Be very interesting to see if you had in the generation between the Gemara and the Arizal if you had uh, this idea because I get to know how people think in the different doyres. But this is what he's quoting. This is what he's saying. So in other words, he's saying the Gemara fits you. Uh, the, the the Gemara Sanhedrin where each Talmud is saying their Rebbe is Mashiach fits this third model. The third model is every generation is a person who's born Mashiach, and the first one was in this Medrash. So now we have a way of accepting the Medrash without accepting the. Whole miraculous, uh, uh, the whole miraculous package. I, how are you going to interpret it that w what happened to the kid at the end? He was taken away by the wind or whatever. Okay, so maybe that you're going to have to turn into a metaphor. I don't know. I didn't work out all these specific details. Now, what's interesting is, and here's where we're going to finish, is that the MS is, there's an earlier mocker for this idea. And we don't get this often. The earlier mocker is a vikuach. Another vikuach, another disputation. We spoke about it a few weeks ago. When we spoke about, are you allowed to calculate the kitsin? And I sp spoke about the disputation in Tortosa. Tortosa is a city in further south in Spain. And there there was a disputation that went over the course of a year and a half, 1413, 1414. And this was a, a very difficult disputation. They, the rabbis were, did not have freedom of speech. And the Pope was there, the anti-Pope Benedict was there. We spoke about it, Peshaito. We don't have to go through all the details. But um, what happened there was that the, the convert brought this medrash again all over again. And the first thing they said back, and you see, Moshiach was born, you guys say he didn't come yet, but here you see Moshiach did come. So the rabbi responded and said, they dealt with this already in 1263. Uh, well, do we need to go through this again? Okay, see here you see again, the Yidin had the Rishimis of the stuff that happened earlier. Like we know, we don't, we don't have to go back and deal with this all over again. Okay. Huh? Yeah, settled. Okay. Uh, so then they're like, okay, so tell us what Ramban said. So now they have to hazard what Ramban said at this earlier disputation. So he says like this, Omar Don Vidal, on the third paragraph of 16, Ramban said, the master said, Ramban said, it's not literal that Mashiach was, was really born. Okay, so in other words, that's either reject or metaphor, it's not literal. Even if you want to accept it, it doesn't mean Moshiach came. You could be born, but he didn't come. He's done Gan Eden. Now he circles back to this idea of not accepting that he was born. Rambam says it didn't happen. We don't have such a Rambam. But we do have Rambam again and again saying what? That Moshiach is teva, it's natural, everything, and he, his, he's going to pass away. So if, if, if everything is natural in Teva, and if Mashiach himself is going to pass away, so obviously Rambam is going to reject this model that has him in Gan Eden. So it's not a Bethedish Rambam, but they're deriving from the Rambam that the Rambam has this other model. Avorat Saloimar. Oh, say Bazoi, what are you going to do with this Medrash? So rather than saying, I disagree, which they don't want to do, just like Abar Benel wasn't comfortable doing, they don't want to do. Ratzaloimar, Shemin Hayoim, from that day. Behold, Dervador in every generation, Noilad Adam Roy Elias Mashiach in Yisrael Yiruin. From that day, in every generation, a person is worthy being Mashiach if they're if if they're uh, if if the Jews are are, are worthy of it. And the person who said this teaching, he wanted to be and he wanted to tell them, Don't think like Golos Babel, that is 70 years. No, this is totally in you. It's not time. Do tshuva. So, and, and Mashiach could come now. In fact, he was already born if he's coming in this generation. And this is the interpretation of Don is the honorific. We know who he is. He's Chastai Kreskas. He passed away one or two years before this, 1410, 1411, 1412. He was the God of the Lader at that generation. He wrote a sefer called Eir Hashem, a sefer and Chakira, a very, very towering figure. Um, and had he been present at this, this disputation, maybe it would have been better. Uh, Bapoyal, we have here them saying that Chastai Kreskas said this, that this is the Pshat, that in every generation there's a person who's born that's Roy to be Moshiach. So this is earlier. This is in 1412, 14, 13. 
the other sources, the Bartanur and the Chsam Seifer and all that is coming, uh, is coming later. This is the earliest source that I was able to find that has uh, this uh, particular idea. Anyway, the ending of this part of the Tortosa disputation was that how could you say that Mashiach is alive for so long? It doesn't make any sense to someone could live for a thousand years. So one of the rabbis there answered, um, uh, 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 yeah, there's traditions of other Jews living for a long time. So the Pope gets all mad and says, that doesn't explain it. So one of the rabbis there, his name here is Rabbi Astaruk. He said, uh, dear Pope, um, you believe many, many bizarre things about your Mashiach. Do you mind us believing just one bizarre thing about ours? Anyway, that didn't go over too well. The Pope was really mad. Remember, they didn't have freedom of speech at the time. And it was like a whole crisis where they had to work this out and settle this issue. Anyway, this is the, the Tortosa disputation. The reason we have it is because there's a Sefer Shevet Miyuhuda where he wrote the first five sessions. What was said uh, was uh, presented in, the, in, this, uh, in this time. Anyway, so now let's just tie it all together. So the bottom line is that we do find the Rebbe going in the Kav of taking the Medrash Kipshotoy, but it would seem, based on the material that we have from Toshin Beis, that within Kipshotoy, it's Lav Dafke, the Gan Eden model. Lav Dafke, it's the living for a thousand years. Rather, it's the model of the person born in that generation. So in summary, here is, was Mashiach born on Tishabov? So the answer is, it depends. You have a model that completely rejects it and says Mashiach was not born on Tishbub. Maybe some energies, Mashiach energies happened or things like that, but no, Mashiach was not born. That's Ramban, that's Abarbanel, that's the Rambam, that's one approach. Another approach is Ashkenazi model, he was born, and he's a miraculous type of figure living either in this physical world or as Abarbanel modified it in Gan Eden, Haruchni. Then you have this middle approach that seems to have developed later, this idea that in every generation a person's right to be Mashiach is born, and that Medrash is referring to that specific person. The main thing is that we should have uh, the Gula Shlema before we get to Tisha B'Av. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah.